1: Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: Welcome
3: to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAjet1. And I am joined by the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And of course, above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. And Chris... I think you believed that you could get away with taking a vacation for a couple of days. You could slink away, be quiet, not have to worry about anything. And, of course, just as you do that, you realize you have to rush back and cover the Jets hiring three new guys in their front office because they just couldn't wait until your vacation was over.
2: I was so close to pulling it off, too. I figured if I leave Sunday right after Father's Day stuff, and then just Monday and Tuesday, uh, that's it. Just, it's just a couple days. I should be completely in the clear. But no, they had to go ahead and do it Tuesday night. They couldn't just wait another 12, 15 hours for me to get back. And it's really uh, absurd and appalling from their, their point of view. Not actually, but, you know.
3: I'm honestly disgusted. That they didn't check with you first. They absolutely need to do that because you're a very big deal, and they should realize that their success as an NFL franchise is almost entirely dependent upon the coverage that you provide.
2: Yeah, you know, it's 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 partially my fault too because I didn't I didn't send them my itinerary. I didn't let them know. Listen, I'm going to be out of town on these days, so don't announce any news on these days. Um, but they 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 should have. Uh, talked to me about this before and they should have asked me hey what days you're I know you're going away some things what days during this break can we announce news they should have asked me that but they didn't and now I'm going to make them pay for it
3: as you should Chris as you should this is strike one against the Jets for this offseason let's hope they don't get all the way to strike three with you Chris because I'm telling you you do not want to be on the bad side of a very big deal
2: now they'll be lucky if they're, they're still an accredited football team. If they, they get to three strikes with me, I'll kick them out of the league.
3: <laughs> the team's going to get sold to an owner of your choice if they keep this up. But since exactly. they are still in the league and they are still owned by the Johnsons and they are still run by Joe Douglas, or at least the football operation is, let's talk about who is going to be joining Joe Douglas in the front office. There are three names That We now have one of them is the new assistant general manager. That is Rex Hogan who is a familiar face to Jets fans because he was in the front office with Mike McCagnin from 2015 to 2017 as the director of college scouting. There's also Phil Savage a former general manager in his own right. He was with the Cleveland Browns in that capacity. Also a longtime front office executive with the Baltimore Ravens during the time when the Ravens were highly successful in the draft and building out their roster. Also most recently the head of the season. Senior Bowl, Savage joins in an advisory role, and last but not least, the new director of player personnel, Chad Alexander, who held the assistant director of player personnel title in Baltimore. Obviously, Douglas has ties to both Savage and Alexander from their time working together with the Baltimore Ravens. So let's unpack this, Chris. And first of all, I have to bring this up, it's been brought up on Twitter but it almost seems like Paulie Brzez and I are running this team right now because you've got Bam Bam Douglas, and now you bring in somebody named Hogan and somebody named Savage. We've got the mega powers here on the Jets front office staff. What you gonna do, brother, when Rex Hogan and Phil Savage run wild on you? (laughs)
2: <laughs> they definitely got the uh, the wrestling names uh, covered. They got the market cornered on the wrestling related names for sure. And that's definitely right up your and Paulie's alleys. I don't think there's anybody out there named uh, Superfly Snooker or anything <laughs> like that. That would that would really get me excited. But yeah, I, I think we're just, you're just going to have to settle for this tr- trifecta there. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: Oh, yeah, Chris Nimbly here. Let me tell you something, brother, coming into the Jets, Phil Macho Man Savage snapped into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Somebody (coughs) was actually joking this morning that the Jets should go out and trade for Xavier Rhodes, and they can call him the American Dream Xavier Rhodes, like Dusty Rhodes, and we could just keep this going with every move that they make from here on out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you you see an opportunity like this, you got to watch. Like they gotta keep having fun with stupid nonsense like this.
3: I do have to say, I think it's hilarious now that Ian Rapaport and Mike Garofalo from NFL Network have picked up on the Bam Bam Douglas thing. I know Manish did as well. Let's just be real about this. I don't take credit for stuff I didn't do, but I was the first one to come up with the Bam Bam Douglas thing. So if this does catch on the way that it looks like it's going to, and it should because he does look like Bam Bam Bigelow, I would like for people to remember where it started.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you know, the and you know, obviously when Manish tweeted out, that's where Ravaport and Garofalo just ran with it. So, so there's a culprit there. You, you got a bone to pick. You take that out with Manish, but uh, yeah, no, that that's gonna happen, and uh, that's 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 Twitter. That's how it goes. But this is definitely your intellectual property. There, you, you can uh, got a solid case against those guys.
3: Manish knows where it started. He got it from me, so it's all good. I'm just glad that it's catching on, and knock on wood, everybody across the league will be referring to him as Bam Bam Douglas. But let's talk about the staff that he has put together, specifically Mr. Hogan, Mr. Alexander, and Mr. Savage. We will start with Rex Hogan because he has the highest post. We do know that he was here before with Mike McCagnan as the director of college scouting from 2015 to 2017. People, of course, pointing out that the Jets draft record during that time was not very good. I don't know specifically what he had to do with each individual pick. I'm thinking you probably have a little bit more information on that. I can tell you that I did get some pretty positive information from George Bremer, my guy over in Indianapolis from CNHI Sports. And we're going to do a podcast all about Rex Hogan coming up next week with George to really delve into Rex Hogan's record there in Indianapolis Brief time, but apparently made a pretty solid impact there on the staff of Chris Ballard. So talk to me a little bit about this hire of Rex Hogan. What do you know about what he did when he was here with the Jets? And what will this hire mean for the staff of Joe Douglas?
2: Yeah, so he was obviously going back at the beginning of his career. He was a college scout with the Bears from 2003 to 2012. And then became a national scout. And then he joined the, the Jets as the director of college scouting before leaving and going to the Colts, um, you know, I don't have too many uh, direct things I can point to, say, hey, he was banging the table for this guy, he was against drafting this guy. I do know that there was uh, plenty of disagreements, and Rex Hogan was in the middle of a lot of these disagreements with uh, some of the picks that ended up happening. Um, I'm gonna have to spend some time looking into that now. Even though, even though I'm on vacation, they're gonna make me do this work. I'm gonna have to spend some time looking into this. I have a feeling that uh, I, I do a little bit digging, th- and I will remember that uh, Rex Hogan was one of the people who was very much anti-Christian Hackenberg. I can't, I can't uh, pull that off the top of my head right now for sure, but I do know that w- w- that pick was made that more than half the people in that building wanted nothing to do with Christian Hackenberg and I'm pretty, pretty confident that Rex Hogan was one of those people um, but yeah so I I don't know you know ex- uh, who he really banged the table for who he agreed with McCagnan on and not but there was obviously Uh, He got a a little bit of promotion going to Indianapolis, but I don't think he was really too uh, heartbroken or upset about leaving the Jets at that point in the direction the Jets were going on under McCagnon. And obviously he went to go work with Ballard there and they went to go absolutely kill it with a couple of drafts. So that definitely helped bolster his, his resume a little bit. And it is interesting because these other guys have uh, ties to Joe Douglas. It's somebody that Joe Douglas has relationships with already knows Hogan does not have that situation. We uh, were thinking that maybe it would be jam Kelly would come in in this position, but it, the job went to Rex Hogan. Uh, he's going to have a familiarity with a lot of people that are on this roster already, whether that's good or bad familiarity for some of them. We'll see. But, uh, I'm um, again same with uh, the can't be 100% sure be right now off the top of my head but I feel very confident that Rex Hogan was fully on board with the Leonard Williams pick at that point so there's definitely some some things there but his familiarity with uh the players that are on this roster with being able to work under Ballard with his uh, other previous resume and everything and it's interesting that he, he will be – of all the people Douglas went to to get people he knows, the, his number two, the assistant GM, is somebody he doesn't know. So he got hired by Adam Gase, who he has a relationship with, got, uh, the other two. Uh, Chad Alexander and Savage who he has a relationship with, but the number two guy sitting next to him is he doesn't have a relationship with, so that's going to be something to really keep an eye on going to see how they get along, how they work together, what type of thinking, you know. The, the, obviously, during the interview process, Douglas had to go through this to make sure they were on the same page, but it's definitely going to be interesting and something to keep an eye on going forward.
0: Our future is closer than we think. Our needs are growing, and so is the demand for energy, including more U.S. oil and natural gas. Our economy, our security, our nation, all run on energy. Oil and natural gas make up more than 70% of the energy we use every day. And American energy is produced to among the highest environmental standards in the world. It's time to shine a light on the policies that threaten a reliable energy future, Policies like restricting access to U.S. oil and gas leases, limiting U.S. liquefied natural gas, and canceling pipeline projects. The realities we face are clear. American energy is America's advantage. Tell Washington we need smart policies today to ensure a brighter tomorrow. Visit lightsonenergy.com. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. One thing that I think
3: is interesting about the immortal Rex Hogan, who will now come in here, say his prayers, take his vitamins, and be the assistant general manager, is that he was in Chicago for almost a decade. And Joe Douglas was there for a year, a couple years later. You almost wonder if there were some people they had in common and maybe that's kind of how that connection developed because we know that Douglas had a strong connection with Gase based on one year of working together in Chicago. Maybe there were some people in the front office that were still close to Hogan and they developed some sort of network that way. I'd be curious to hear about this. So hopefully the next time Joe Douglas takes questions, somebody asks him about it, but we do know that he has strong connections to the other two guys that were hired. Of course, Macho Man Phil Savage dropping the elbow off the top rope now for the New York Jets in a senior advisory role. He's a guy with a long history in the NFL and Chris we were talking about this before we started recording. He started off as a coach and then moved into the front office as a scout. Ended up as the director of college scouting with the Baltimore Ravens. A post that he held for quite a while. He stayed with the Ravens through the transition of the Ravens becoming the Baltimore Ravens after leaving Cleveland and then he ended up back in Cleveland with the New Browns as their general manager. His tenure there was interesting to say the least he got into a situation where he was caught cursing out a fan in an email also had a rough year in 2008 where the Browns were particularly bad and on top of that everybody remembers that he mortgaged the farm to go up in the draft and draft Brady Quinn which didn't work out he was swept out I think in large part because of all that stuff and more importantly the fact that ironically Eric Mangini was coming in from the Jets and wanted to bring in his own people. George Kocanis was the one that he brought in with him, so Savage was swept out there. He's also somebody that won a power struggle in the past, so that could be interesting as it pertains to this front office dynamic and the coaching dynamic because we already know what happened with Adam Gase in the past, but he was in a power struggle with the team president when he showed up in Cleveland, and he ended up winning that power struggle and getting that team president to resign after the first year that he was there. So an interesting history for Savage, capped off by the fact that he spent the last six years as the head of the Senior Bowl, which would make you think that he's got some pretty strong connections to a bunch of these colleges and some of the people that work there, and that could be very valuable along the lines of what we were saying with Todd McShay when his name was being thrown out there. So Chris, unpack all of this. What are your thoughts on the hiring of Macho Man Phil Savage.
2: Yeah, The so, you know, we're going to talk about this with all these guys. Uh, we know what they did, but we don't know exactly what they did and what they didn't do and what they're responsible for and maybe somebody else. But the the key here, the one, the biggest thing is him being the director of the Senior Bowl, especially since he's um, just a senior advisor We're here. We talked, like you said, we talked about this with McShay and I talked about how If you're going to actually have McShay do scouting, then uh, that would be something that I I wouldn't (laughs) recommend, that I wouldn't, uh, I would be, you know, against that hire, I would probably criticize, I would criticize that hire. But if you had him just in some type of advisory role where he is just basically using his connections that he has formed with these colleges to get all the intel on these players to be able to get all types of information, the ins and outs, and like the real details, be able to talk to everybody inside the buildings and the universities, and get information from everybody's teammates, if that's what you're doing here, then that can be a huge leg up, that can be a huge advantage for them to you know make the process of drafting players a little safer a little bit, like we always talk about what a crapshoot is it it is and for good reason because it is but the more information you have the little bit less of a crapshoot it is even if it's just one percent less like So that's here with Phil Savage. Where right back here in the advisory role. He has, as the director of the senior bowl, he has those same connections. He knows all types of stuff there. He can use that to his advantage. And, you know, how much is he going to actually come into making decisions about things? It doesn't sound like that's going to be a big part of his job. It's basically going to be gathering a bunch of different information and then relaying that information on and, if Ashford's input, he will provide it here and there. But for the most part, it seems like this is going to be something where they're going to re- be relying on those connections. And then obviously, he has the familiarity with Douglas too. So that's somebody that he's comfortable with. And, uh, you know, it's, we talk about this all the time, whether it's GMs, whether it's quarterbacks or somebody like Dan Orlowski, uh, Like, Just because you didn't do great at this one job, this big job, doesn't mean you don't have a wealth of knowledge that can't be helpful to the next person to come along you can help in other ways and maybe you just didn't make the right decisions in the spot maybe everything was kind of stacked against you because let's be honest nobody has succeeded in Cleveland for pretty much my entire life since Bernie Kozar was playing quarterback there so (laughs) that's not the easiest situation for a variety of reasons but The key point here is the director of college scouting being able to have that in with all these colleges and get all that good info.
0: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
2: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: I'm fine with Phil Savage being here. I just hope that they keep him away from his email and Notre Dame quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, well, that's fair enough. That's absolutely fair enough because I, I I've watched Notre Dame very closely all the time, and I wasn't... Um, anywhere involved in sports media at this point and was very firmly uh, in the camp of nobody drafts Brady Quinn and he still did and yeah that's not a good look but they got a quarterback and he's not making the choices now so yeah
3: This is true. Yeah, I remember watching Brady Quinn and thinking, somebody's going to pick this guy in the first round, and sure enough, it happened. But then again, that's how the NFL goes sometimes. All it takes is for a couple of people in positions of power to subscribe to this groupthink, and that's how you get somebody like Brady Quinn drafted in the first round. Last guy in this list is Chad Alexander. Who's in a prominent role with the Baltimore Ravens. He was assistant director of player personnel. He now gets bumped up to director of player personnel. He's somebody who was rumored to be in the mix. From the second that Joe Douglas was hired. In fact so was Savage. Hogan kind of came out of nowhere with that leg drop. Sorry I had to do it again Chris. <laughs> but the other two are guys that we expected. Chad Alexander seems to be somebody with a pretty solid reputation. Again I should note Rex Hogan is going to get a show. We're going to do a show all about Phil Savage. I'm talking to people in Cleveland about his tenure there. And obviously, we're going to bring back our guys from Baltimore to talk about Alexander and give us the lowdown on Savage's time there as well. But Alexander is a guy that is very highly thought of according to people in league circles. So again, this is something that we don't exactly know what he did, although I'm going to try and dig into that the best that I can when I have the Ravens guys back on to talk about it. But overall, it certainly seems like a positive addition to the front office.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, again, we're going to get into who he recommended to draft and who he still recommended to stay away from. Those are all details that we'll never find out the full the scoop on. But you spend 20 years in the scouting office uh, with the Baltimore Ravens yeah, pretty much every team is going to be interested in you. That that's, that's really all I need to know is you spent that much time there, and that front office who was at, at the top of the, the league in front offices for a very long time, and you survived for 20 years there alone, that alone is enough to interest me. Um, Douglas obviously was in Baltimore during those times, so he has a much better understanding of what Chad Alexander did, what he's responsible for, and what he's responsible for, you know, bad happening and good happening. He's way more aware. He knows the those answers to those questions, a lot of those questions that we probably never will get that answer for. Um and he's he's obviously not somebody who was just trying to climb up the ladder everywhere he went because he stayed there for twenty years. And it's just like uh, Ozzy Newsom was there forever running the show with the with Baltimore and Eric DeCosta. People were kept trying to go after Eric DaCosta, but he kept remaining patient because he's just like Ozzy's going to leave one day, and then I'll get the promotion here. That yeah, it seems like Chad Alexander was working under a similar philosophy, but then his friend Joe Douglas comes calling with an opportunity to give him a big promotion. And, he, you know, he worked 20 years as a scout with that team and then being moved to director of college and a pro personnel, again, for one of the best uh, front offices in football. So it's it to last that long in that front office and to have Joe Douglas be there for a part of it that's something. That's who I would be most excited about if I was a Jets fan, joining that group just because of the familiarity Joe Douglas has and because of, obviously it's possible that somebody could have hung around in Baltimore, uh, but the chances of him being competent or not being really smart and not being really valued are really small and slim here. You hang around that long in that organization. I think that there's got to be a really good reason for it.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: When I think of Chad Alexander, I'm now going to think of Flex Alexander, who is the star of the show one-on-one, because that's how my brain works, Chris. Everybody gets related to a musician, somebody that's on TV or in the movies, or in pro wrestling. So really, that's what's going to be for me now, is Flex Alexander. But I will say this, no matter what he was doing, whether it was being the star of a sitcom, Or being in the NFL, if you are in the Baltimore Ravens front office for twenty years, you must be doing something right because they don't tend to carry losers.
2: Yeah, exactly. And again, we talked about uh, Joe Douglas and how highly respected and thought of about uh, he is around the league, and how it's damn near impossible to find someone to say a bad word for him. So he has his pick of people that he could choose from because of how well-respected he is. There's probably people who wouldn't, uh, you know, if you told them six months ago, hey, a job might come open at the Jets, maybe they wouldn't be interested. And then all of a sudden, oh, but Joe Douglas is the guy running things now? Now I might be interested. So he had his pick to choose from, and these are the guys he chose. And, of course, it doesn't mean that he can't make a bad decision, but he's choo- he's not choosing from the lesser options. He's choosing from the best of the best, at least in his mind. And yeah, you, you got you got the name stuff right. I I said that. That Alexander and more so Rex Hogan, but they both sound, kind of sound like lacrosse players
3: to me. <laughs> I could totally see that. I guess one guy we're not going to see as a consequence of all this is Champ Kelly, who will remain in Chicago as the assistant director of player personnel. There was thought that he might come here as the assistant general manager. I guess from his standpoint, it makes sense to stay there anyway because he's going to be a hot commodity when any general manager openings come up in the next offseason. But I would have liked to have seen him come in here as the assistant general manager. Heard a ton of really good things about him from his time both in Denver and Chicago. But with Rex Hogan here as assistant general manager, it seems like Champ Kelly will stay in Chicago, which means that I can't yell out, the champ is here! Every time I want to discuss him, but I do think that he is going to end up somewhere else as a general manager very, very soon because he's going to be on the short list for a lot of places. So it didn't work out for him coming to the jets, but I think it's going to work out for him in the long
2: run. Yeah. That's one of those things. Everyone kept, right. Like, I keep talking about this every time there's a coach hire a GM hire that people want to form this super team of all the people who are interviewing and the divvy up the, uh, lesser positions for these guys too and how I, I kept hearing stuff about Champ Kelly but I still just didn't fully believe it because th- it doesn't happen like that um, I think it's probably better for Champ Kelly because like you just said he's going to be at the top of that list and basically staying in Chicago isn't going to do it no matter what happens there even if they have a huge regression year which I expect and it's not going to do anything to really deplete or hurt his stock where I guess it's still unlikely, but if he were to come to the Jets for a year, it maybe that might diminish him stock stock a little bit. But then also from the Jets' point of view, if you're looking at it and you're saying, I want to hire a new assistant GM, well, why are you going to go get a guy who might be hired as a GM just next season? Like, uh, you know, just Rex Hogan just left a little bit ago to go to the Colts, and now he's back with the Jets here if... How much work can he do could Cham Kelly do, especially now that the draft and free agency is over, you're gonna bring him in just to be the assistant GM and then him end up getting a job next off season and then you have to replace him with another assistant GM. I mean sure it could work, it makes sense to some degree, but I could also see Joe Douglas just being like, you know what? enjoy just stay in Chicago get that job next next offseason and I'll just uh, find somebody to be my assistant GM and somebody I'm not going to be worried about losing in a year or two
3: the only reason I thought there was legitimate fire there is because they had worked together Douglas and Kelly in Chicago and he had also worked with Adam Gase when he was in Chicago. So I thought the ties there might mean that the rumors were legitimate. And maybe they were. Maybe there were discussions and it just didn't end up coming to fruition. But either way, three key pieces added to the New York Jets front office as the Jets get ready for training camp coming up at the end of July. And, of course, they decided to do this and break up Chris Nimbley's vacation because they're heartless monsters that don't want Chris to enjoy his life. Jets, tisk tisk, do not do this again. We've got training camp coming up. If you're going to make a major move, at least check with Chris first the next time.
2: Exactly. We listen. We got another, uh, uh, still another five weeks or so of this. Um, so you know, hey, hey Jets, I know you're listening. Just, just let me know. Uh, just, uh, I'll, will send you guys my schedule uh, from here and just from here on out. And all the players, if you could, you know, avoid any, any rest or anything like that on days. So just avoid the, the rest. Period. But if, if, if something's going to happen, please do it on the day when I'm home and ready to uh, write and talk about it.
3: He's nothing if not fair, and that's a big part of what makes him a very big deal. Chris Nimbley, thank you so much for coming on, as always. Really appreciate it. For anybody that doesn't know what you've got cooking over at JetsInsider.com, why don't you go ahead and let them know?
2: Yeah, we'll have a bunch of stuff uh, leading up to training camp, positional uh, breakdown articles, i have some stuff up on, on these three new hires soon. And uh, we'll just have a bunch of, uh, you know, stuff looking forward to the season. The hole still on the roster, under, under the radar players that uh, the Jets will probably need to rely on to break out. So we'll have a bunch of content for you leading up to the training camp and getting ready for all the content in the world once training camp starts. And you can find that at JetsInsider.com. Follow me on Twitter at nimbly and at Jets Insider. And you're going to hear
3: plenty from Chris this weekend here on Play Like a Jet because we've got a big mailbag coming up. So a lot of Chris Nimbley this week and a lot of Chris Nimbley is good because it's never a bad thing to have a very big deal on your show many times in a week. So the Jets break this news. Chris comes back from vacation. We get the lowdown on what happened with these changes in the front office. And then we get into the mailbag and answer a lot of these Joe Douglas-centric questions because people have a ton of questions about what Mr. Douglas is going to be looking to do with the roster. And I'm looking forward to answering those with you starting tomorrow, Chris.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The fans want want the information. They want it now. And, you know, it's a GM, but it's this time of year. That's, that's the other thing. If this happened, if the Jets did this on a normal schedule... The, everyone would have given up on the GM stuff for, relatively quickly. We would have had to focus our attention to free agency and the draft right about now. But we got they go ahead and hired the GM, and we got nothing to talk about for six weeks. So it's all anyone's going to want to do is dive into this front office stuff
3: with good reason. You want to know all about the people that are going to be making these decisions and what they may actually do with their positions in the front office, how they may reshape this roster. So plenty of those questions and answers coming your way starting tomorrow here on Play Like a Jet. In the meantime, go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at JetsInsider. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't take you much time, but it helps a lot, so we really appreciate it. helps increase our visibility, so it's easier for us to continue to keep getting great guests to provide you with fantastic information on this show day in and day out. Follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com